Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. The evidence of our living faith. What are we talking about? The evidence of our living faith is how we know that our faith is alive and well. How do you know that the faith that you are carrying about is not a fake one? How do you know it's not just a counterfeit? The evidence of our faith is the visible proof in our life that shows us and shows the world that we have a living, active, productive, result-oriented faith. That's what evidence of faith is. And if you look at the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 13, reading from verse number 5, the Bible says, it says, examine yourself whether you be in the faith. In other words, check yourself. You are going to a church, you are carrying Bible, you are praying, you are doing all those things. He said, check yourself whether you are in the faith. Prove your own self. In other words, test it. The faith that you are carrying, the Bible that you are proclaiming, the word of God that you are saying, he said, prove yourself. Know ye not your own self how the Lord Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. In other words, the thing that you are carrying, it always has evidence. The faith that you say you believe, it always produces results. That particular thing that you say you believe, there's always a visible sign to show the whole world that there's something inside of you. He said you need to test it. You need to find out what you are carrying. Make sure what you are carrying is genuine. Paul is saying in that verse of the scripture, he said each of us as believers, we have a responsibility to check and to validate our faith. He said, examine yourself whether you are in the faith. Check it. It is not what you say, my brothers and sisters. It's the way you live. And Paul is saying, check whether your faith is valid. In other words, he's saying, as a believer, you have a responsibility to check the accuracy of what you believe. Check what you are professing. Check what you are carrying about to make sure it is the genuine thing. Number two, Paul is saying, each believer has a responsibility to test and establish the quality and the reliability of their faith. You need to test what you believe. You need to check what you believe. You need to look at the reliability of that particular faith before you start professing it. You need to check it whether what you are carrying is the real thing. And then number three, Paul is saying, each believer have, must have an assurance of that faith. You have to be sure of what you are carrying. Because if you are not sure, the devil will mess you up. The devil will mess you up. If you are carrying something, it's just like a, just like you walk into a place and you are carrying the wrong, you are carrying a fake dollar bill. <laughs> you may not like the result of what you are going to find. The point we are making is that check to see. You must have an assurance of your faith. That's what Paul, that's what Paul is saying. The certainty of that faith, the confidence of that particular faith. You must know what you are carrying. That's what Paul is saying. And the question is why? Why is Paul telling them to be sure of what they are carrying? Why is Paul telling the church at Corinth to need for them to examine their faith? He's telling them, the reason he's telling them is found in the book of the same 2 Corinthians in chapter 6. 
If you look at verse number 14, it says, be not, you be not be unequally yoked together with unbeliever. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? In verse number 17, it now says, therefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. Do not touch the unclean thing and I will receive you. Why is Paul telling them this? Paul is telling them this, number one, because many of them don't seem to realize that when you say you are a Christian, when you say that you are a believer, something must change inside your life. That many of them are not aware that they are saved. They don't know that they are now a, a child of God, so they behave as if they are not born again. Number two, Paul is telling them they are acting like they are unsaved. They are acting like they are living like the people who are still in the world. He said, "If you are a born again child of God, if you say you have faith, you cannot live like that." And number three, Paul is saying the reason I'm telling you to examine your faith is because there's no visible change in the lives of or some of you since you claim you have been saved. You, know, you say you are coming to church, you are still the one that is fighting. You are still the one that is abusing your neighbor. You are still the one that is doing all the crazy things that people used to do. Something is wrong. And that's why Paul is saying, look at what you are carrying. If you say you have faith, you say you are working with the Almighty God, then your word and your actions you agree. You love me, you love me, you are still looking for another man. Something is wrong. <laughs> something is wrong. So Paul is saying, there is no visible change in your lifestyle. So something is wrong somewhere. So seeing, and you're looking at how the church was living and behaving, seeing how they were relating to themselves and relating among, you know, within the community, Paul was telling the church, you have a responsibility to yourself. If you look at the Corinthian church, those guys were just, they were just a mess. And Paul is saying, check yourself. You cannot be saying, I believe in God and believe in the way you are living. You have a responsibility to check and to validate your faith. You have a responsibility to make sure that what you are carrying is the right thing so that you can see the result of that faith in your life. The question is, why must you examine your faith? Why must you examine your faith? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In verse number 17, the Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Paul is saying, the reason I'm asking you to check your faith is that when you say that you belong to Christ, certain things must happen in your life. We must see certain things in your life. You know, make sure you validate your faith because your living faith is supposed to create a new, it's supposed to make you a new creation. Very minute you say you belong to God, something new must be in your life. You cannot talk the same way you are talking. You cannot behave the same way you are behaving. Number two, Paul is saying, all things have passed away. If you come to Jesus, if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you proclaim your faith in Him, He saying you become a new creation, something old, all those old behavior, all those old attitudes must go. You can't be lying like you used to lie like a drunken sailor. You can't be doing the things that you used to do and say you belong to Jesus. Something is wrong. So he said, number one, a new, you must become a new creature. Number two, all things are passed away. Number three, all things in your life becomes new. The way you talk to people, the way you behave, the way you conduct business, the way you handle money in your relationship, everything about your life changes. That's what Paul is saying. He said, that's why you need to check your faith. In other words, Paul is saying, your living faith produces specific results in your life. 
Your living faith produces specific results in your life. It makes you a new creation. It takes away your old habit and your old behavior. You know your life is no longer what you used to do. You become a brand new person. If the faith you are carrying about does not make you a new creation, if it does not change your life, if you are still the same person, then there is a problem. If you say you belong to Jesus Christ and you remain the same way, you belong to Jesus Christ and nothing changes. There is a problem. It's either you have met the wrong Jesus or you have not met him at all. Okay? Because there is no way you will believe in Jesus and meet him and something will not change in your life. If your faith does not change your life, there is a problem with that faith. If your faith does not take away lying, does not take away cheating, does not take away something from your life, there is a problem with that faith. Because your faith is supposed to change something in you. Your faith is supposed to produce a sign of new life. Your faith is supposed to, we are supposed to see the evidence of that faith in your life. Your faith is supposed to produce a sign in your life. And the evidence of that faith must be seen by all. That's why Paul says, examine yourself. Make sure what you are carrying is the correct thing. Make sure what you are carrying is the genuine thing. Or else, you are simply wasting your time. The big question is, how do you do it? How do you examine yourself to make sure that the faith you are carrying is the correct faith? How do you do that? Now, before we go into how you do it, I want you to first of all understand why it is important for you to examine and to make sure you are carrying the real thing. Why it is important. Number one, the reason why it is important for you to make sure that you are carrying the original and that you are not walking about with faith is because they examine faith, the faith that you check, the faith that you validate, the faith that you make sure you clarify, that faith gives you assurance and conviction. Number two, you should check because it gives you confidence and stability. Nobody can tell you something about your faith that you will say, no, 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 no. That's, they will not be able to move you. Why? Because you have checked it. But a lot of people don't check their faith so anybody can come and tell them stories and they will believe it. Because you have not checked it. Because you have not validated it. So Paul is saying, number one, you're if you validate your faith, if you check your faith, it gives you assurance and conviction. Number two, it gives you confidence and stability. Number three, it secures and establishes your calling. When you have checked that faith, when you know what that faith stands for, when you know the validity of that faith, it gives you confidence. It establishes you. It secures you. You are not afraid. It's just a man who knows his wife. And they say, oh God, we saw your wife go to that particular house at 2 a.m. in the morning. They say, no problem, I know. Why? Because I know my wife. I know you will not do anything that is untowards me. I know my wife will do what will not bring him, will never do what will bring embarrassment to the family. Because I know it secures you. It establishes you. It makes you confident. The same thing with your faith. When you walk with the Lord, when you understand what God has done, it establishes your faith. That's why someone like David can say, I have been young and now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or is sit begging bread. Why? Because David knows. David has checked his faith and David understands that God is faithful. You have to get to that level on your own. Or else, somebody will just mess you up. They will tell you stories and you will believe it. That's why you must check your faith. Number four, an examined faith gives you boldness to claim your promise from the Almighty God. 
In other words, you read the Bible, and the Bible says, I will bless you. I will multiply you. Whatever the soul of your feet shall tread upon, I will give unto you. Whatever you lay your hands upon to do shall prosper. You read all these promises and say, wow, this is what God says for me. If you have checked that faith, if you have validated that faith, it is very easy for you now to go back to God and say, God, you said, whatever the soul of my feet shall tread upon, you will give to me. You can go to God with boldness and claim it. The point I'm making is this. When you are sure of your faith, when you believe and you are confident in your God, any promise that God makes for you, you are able to collect. You have to be confident with the Almighty God. And then finally, an examined faith protects you from the adversary. That's why you must check it. Because if you mess with the devil with the wrong thing, if you are carrying faith and you go and confront the devil, he will mess you up. The Bible tells us of the sons of Scepha. They were going to go and cast out the demon. And they said to the demon, You demon, I cast you out in the name of in the name of Jesus Christ, whom Paul preached. And then the demon said, Is that so? Okay, I know Paul. I know Jesus Christ. Who you be? And the Bible said they gave them a serious beating, drove them out, tore their clothes into pieces. That's what happened when you have not validated your faith. Okay, that's what happened when you try to live beyond, when you try to operate on a faith that is not the original. That is why it is important for you to examine your faith and make sure that it's real. But the question still remains, how do you do it? How do you check that your faith, and you know, that your faith can deliver? How do you make sure that you can examine your faith that you are still in the faith? Look at the book of Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. I want us to look at verse number 20. Jesus Christ was talking there. Jesus said, wherefore, by their fruit, you shall know them. In other words, for you to be able to examine that you are in the faith, he said, make sure that the fruit you are producing is in line with the faith that you are saying. What is coming out of your mouth is exactly what you are doing. Okay? You are, you know, the way you are living, you are, are you living a life that attests to the faith that you are professing? In case you don't understand the kind of fruit that Jesus is talking about, Paul the Apostle now explained the fruit in the book of Galatians chapter 5. If you start reading from verse number 22, Paul the Apostle said, But the fruit of the Spirit is joy, is love, is peace, is long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. In other words, Paul is saying, those who say that they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, those who say that they have faith, he said these kind of things must be seen in their lives. The life, their life must be able to produce the, the fruit of joy. Their life must be able to produce the fruit of love, the fruit of peace, of long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness. He said these things must be seen in your life. If these things are not there, check what you are carrying. That's what Paul is saying. Verse number 24, Paul now said, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with their affection and loss. In other words, Paul is saying, those people who belong to God, they do everything possible. That anything that will stand in the way of the production of that fruit, they cut it off. Anything that will not make you to love on your neighbor, anything that will not allow you to produce peace, he said they cut it off. Verse number 25, Paul is now saying, If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. In other words, if you belong to God, if you have a living faith, you will walk and manifest the fruit. The question still remains, how do you do it? How do you make sure your faith, the faith you are carrying, has the capacity to produce the result that you are looking for? How do you know? We are going to go to the book of Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Here it, te it tells us about the catalogs of faith. 
And in that catalogs of faith, it tells us how the people of old, how their lives were able to produce the evidence that showed the world that they had faith in the Almighty God. In beginning from verse number 4 of Hebrews 11, we see the first evidence of faith that can produce the right result. And that first evidence of faith is the evidence of righteousness. In other words, if your faith is going to produce results for you, you must have the evidence of righteousness. The Bible says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testified to him, and through it, he, being dead, still speaks. In other words, if you are going to tell the whole world that the faith you are carrying is the right thing, it must show righteousness in your life. And what is righteousness? It means that you are properly aligned with the Almighty God. You cannot be going to the right and God is going to the left and you say you are aligned with him. It's not possible. There has to be an agreement between the two of you. And that's why the Bible says that can two walk together except they agree. There has to be an agreement, a righteousness in your life if you say you have faith. The evidence of righteousness must be seen in your life. Number two, there has to be the evidence of pleasing God. The evidence of pleasing God. Your evidence of faith is that you love God and you are, and the evidence of loving God is that you are willing to please Him. For those who are married, you understand. If you say you love your husband or you love your wife, you must be willing to please that husband or please that wife. Or for a younger one who are still doing hide and seek with those things. If you say you love that boy, you love that baby, what happened? You want to try to please that guy. So what do you do? You show your evidence of love is to please that person. How do you say you have faith in God? By pleasing him. That's the evidence. Number three, the evidence of our living faith is the evidence of a fear of God. Reverence, respect for God. Because if you don't show respect for God, how can you say you have faith in him? How can you say that you have faith and you are willing to follow what he said? The evidence of our faith in the Almighty God is our fear of him, is our reference from the Almighty God. Number four, the evidence of our faith is our evidence of obedience. There are many people who want God to do things for them, but they don't want to do anything for God. Isn't that interesting? You want God to bless you. You want God to do everything, but you are not willing to give anything. And that is a very, very characteristic of our society. A lot of people want to enjoy the blessings of heaven, but you don't want to do the work. You don't want to follow the instruction. God says, I want you to pray. You refuse to pray, and you want to get blessing. God says, spend time in the word of God to get to know me. You don't want to know him, but yet you want to enjoy his blessing. And God looks at you, what's wrong with these people? Eh? What kind of calculation, what kind of mathematics are you doing? You don't want to pay the price, but you want to enjoy the benefits. It's not going to happen. The evidence that you actually have faith that will produce results is the evidence of obedience. You are willing to obey the Almighty God. The Bible says by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to a place which he will receive for an inheritance. There has to be that obedience. It's just like you are going to your dad and you say, Dad, I want you to buy me X, Y, Z. And that said, can you just please wash my car? He said, that is too much trouble. That's why you have Mr. Clay. Go and put your car there. Mom said, can you just take care of the kitchen? He said, ah, that's why you have washing machine. Why don't you just load it in the washing machine? Washing machine. And mommy will say, is that so? And you still want me to buy the dress? You still want me to pay for your days? You still want me to say, okay, good, we shall see. The point we are making is that there is no, you, do, you cannot get the benefit without doing the work. It's just like you go to school and you want to get an A. And yet you are spending time partying. It's not going to happen. And it's always very interesting when students tell you. When a student gets an F, you say, the teacher gave me F. 
The teacher doesn't give you F. You scored F. Hmm? There's A, B, C up to F. And you say the teacher gave me F. How can teacher give you F? Eh? What is wrong with A? <laughs> the point is that if you don't do the work, you don't get the day. That is the, you want, if you want to see the evidence that you have faith in God, one of the things that must show up in your life is obedience. Obedience to the word of God. Number five now, one of the other evidence that it must be seen in your life is patience. You do not speak to God as if you are talking to somebody in a drive-thru. I want a mac and cheese burger with pickles, no onion, no, no, no mayo, no, uh, this thing, no cheese. And then I drive up there and give you the money. Again. That's what you think God is. That you can just put in the order, the blessings will come. But God is saying, my, my ways are not your ways. A day before the Almighty God is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like, just like a day. God will not walk on your timetable, in case you don't know. I'm telling you now. God will not walk on your timetable. The evidence that you believe in God is that you are willing to wait. But there are many people in the church who are not willing to wait. They don't want to wait for anything. You are praying and saying, God bless me, God bless me. Ah, what is happening now? Why is this blessing not coming? You want to see the blessing yesterday. Why you have not even prayed? The issue is that if your evidence of prayer, the evidence that you have faith is the evidence of patiently waiting. The Bible tells us in that same Hebrews 11 verse 10. He said, he waited for the city which has foundation. Whose builder is the almighty God. He waited for it. 25 years this guy waited. Now you are singing Abraham blessing that my Abraham I am blessing the morning, I am blessing the afternoon, but you don't want to wait like Abraham. Eh? You have to learn the evidence of our faith is that it waits patiently. The evidence of our faith is that it has what is called conviction. It is not moved. Your faith is not up and down. For you to say you have faith, you must show it must be steadfast. If I say I have faith, if I say I have confidence in you, I must be willing to be steadfast, not changing my mind every now and then. And then the evidence of faith is what is called sacrifice. Look at verse number 17, Hebrews 11. He said, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. In other words, he gave God. What are you willing to give up? What have we given up? The evidence of our faith is that we are willing to sacrifice we are willing to give up our convenience. We are willing to give up what we consider to be important. We are willing to give up what is important to us so that we can get the benefit that God has in store for us. The test of your testimony of your faith is the sacrifice that you are willing to put upon the altar. Abraham was willing to give up Isaac. That's why God blessed him. And not only that, the evidence of your faith is the evidence of abandonment. What are you willing to walk away from? What are you willing to walk away from? Because as long as you are holding on to stuff, holding on to stuff, then the blessings of heaven will not come. There was a test that was carried out. They said that there's a particular monkey. How they catch the monkey in the jungle is that they will put a, they will put a knot inside a basket with a very small hole that can only take their hand so that when they put their hands inside and, and the monkeys pull the knot and they, with a clenched fist, if they are trying to remove their hand, they can't take their hands out of that particular calabash because they are, that space is not big enough. The only way they can remove their hand is to let go of that particular knot. That is what is happening to a lot of believers today. You are carrying about a lot of this wahala in our life. We are carrying about all these issues in our life because we are not willing and we are not ready to let go. 
Somebody offended you 20 years ago. Anytime you are talking, they say, that's what you did 20 years ago. When I was doing this, you begin to dredge up those things so that you can hold up on people. And that's why a lot of people are not moving forward. The evidence of our faith is the evidence of abandonment. The evidence of letting go. In verse number 24, the Bible says, By faith, Moses, when he came of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In other words, the being the son of Pharaoh's daughter come with his own privileges. And the Bible says Moses was willing to refuse that privilege. In verse number 27, says, by faith he forsook Egypt, where he was called the prince of Egypt, where he had opportunity, where he had status, where he had, where he had all the privileges. He walked away from it and became a shepherd in the backside of the desert in Midian. The evidence of your faith is the evidence of what is, is tested by what you are willing to abandon, what you are willing to let go. And then finally, the evidence of our faith is the evidence of endurance. What are you willing to endure? What are you willing to endure? Many of us don't want to endure anything that looks like pain. The very minute mommy says, I'm not giving you something, they don't love me anymore. The minute daddy doesn't write that check, daddy doesn't love me anymore. As soon as you keep writing the church, you are the best. Oh, you are the best. I love you, I love you, I love you. Because you are getting what you want. The day you don't get what you want, that day you are no longer, that person is no longer good. But the Bible is saying that the test, the test of your faith is the test of endurance. Look at verse 36 of that uh, Hebrews 11. It says, still others had trials of mocking, of scourging, yes, and of chains, and of imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sown in two. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about the, in sheepskin, in ghostskin, being destitute, being afflicted, being tormented. These were the people that we call the heroes of faith today, but that's what they went through. The question is, are you willing to endure anything for the Lord? For you to see the reward of your faith, endurance must be something that must be exhibited in your life. And these are just few of the evidence of faith that you see in the scripture. The question this morning is that, does your faith, does my faith have that tangible evidence that will deliver the promise? Because the promise of God will not come unless you show a little bit of endurance. The promise of God will not come unless there is a level of there is a level of abandonment in your life. You are willing to walk away from certain things. Unless you are willing to sacrifice, your faith will not produce the result. Unless you are convinced of the promise of God, your faith will not produce the result. Unless you are willing to wait, you are willing to be obedient, you are willing to show a reference for the Almighty God, your faith will not produce the result that you want to see in your life. So the question is, does your faith today have that tangible evidence that the world can see? And I ask this question because a faith without evidence is a faith that will always disappoint you. If your faith doesn't have all those evidence, it will always disappoint you. A faith without evidence is a faith that will not deliver the result that you are looking for. Because if it doesn't have sacrifice, doesn't have endurance, doesn't have patience, cannot abandon, does not obey God, does not show anything that is that we see in the life of the heroes of faith, then that faith will not produce results. A faith without evidence is a faith that will not deliver the desired result. Because one thing I want you to understand is that what, what God has written in the Bible has already been written. You cannot change it, I cannot change it. But one thing you must understand is that the word of God that you believe. The word of God that you believe is the word of God that works for you. Okay? You and I cannot change what has been written here. It's already been written. Okay? 
It's already been established. The Bible says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. God has already written his word. Because the word of God that you believe is the word of God that works for you. The question is this. Does your faith in God have that tangible evidence that will produce the results you are looking for? Because the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.